Okay, I met a guy just in Omaha a month ago. He's got $20 million in the old market. Guess what? He wants to sell it all. You know, I met him drinking at a bar with him. That's, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I literally was drinking at a bar with this guy. He happened to know the door guy that I'm buddies with. And he goes, hey, Nate sells commercial real estate, and you want to sell stuff. So he goes, yeah, actually, I've got $20 million in the old market in buildings. And I'm like, well, hi. Let me help you. <laughs> and he's got some other agents that he goes, they have, they've been trying for a little bit. And he goes, they're shit. And I'm like, well, yeah, because they're not commercial agents. Because <laughs> I looked them up and I'm not going to say any names. But yeah, so you think I'm crazy. That's why it's, it, I am the weird oddity where it doesn't work for everybody. You just, I mean, be yourself, be authentic. I mean, that's the huge bit. Best thing I say, be honest. Even if you don't think somebody's going to like it, I've told guys, you want to buy that building? That's fine. That's on you. I'm, I mean, but I'm not going to be part of the deal because I think that's the dumbest thing you could do. So that's, I just, yeah. Long story short, I mean, be yourself and, 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 and business will come. Welcome to Ria Radio, episode 55 with Nate Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best damn intro I've heard. I'm like, can I just pay you to follow me around and just be like, look, this is Nate Dennis. By the way. I can't even do that. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> See, somebody appreciates it, Owen. <laughs> You're listening to Rio Radio, the nationally trusted name in real estate investing. We dig deep to discover investors' why in real estate. If you want to skip all the BS and get in investors' heads, you're in the right spot. Be one of the thousands to check out RioRadio.com. Owen Dashner in the flesh on my right side. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I, you know what? You should be over there. I feel like it, should the should you be over there? But I have a this? camera. I have a camera on that side. So okay. All right. Works. All right. All right. It looks. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Back on vacation or back off of vacation here. Went to Indiana for four days. Visited some bros of mine. So it was, wasn't a family vacation. It was Not like a family vacation. Brocation. It was a brocation. Played some golf. Hung out with some buddies that I've known forever. It, good good times. Speaking of golf. Oh, oh man, you'd be so proud of me. I just had my best golf game. All right, tell us about tell us the story. Okay, so I, I, I golfed, got some good tips. Where were you playing? Uh Stone Ridge Creek. Stone Creek, okay. Yeah. And so it was the KW Elite uh golf outing. Very nice private course uh, we went to. It's not private, but please continue. Are we talking about the same place? Stone Creek? Uh like 180th and Pacific? No. Uh, no, no. No, that's Shadow Ridge. Shadow Ridge. Okay. <laughs> so I went golfing in Shadow Ridge, private place, and it was a, and we I had my best golf game ever. I hit almost every ball in the air. That's Which, awesome. I, yeah, I, no, I, that's that's hard. I it's hard starting. On off. a team of four, I was the probably the second best player. Okay. Uh, had had some great putts. Had some also had some long balls uh, that got used, but I had the best putt of the whole entire league. In the whole series, okay. Uh, there's th- you threw a lot of terms out here that aren't really applicable that's to fine. golf. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I had I had a 48 yard chip shot. Okay, that went right into the hole. That's awesome. I I, I had I had my wedge and I knocked it off. I was like up by the golf path, you know, and it wasn't the best ball. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and shoot it. Cart path for those of you uh, 
you know, that are golfers. So I hit it. It it went all the way up and went into the hole, man. Yeah. And, and so my question on the text thread the other day was, was that to save double? And I don't think you knew what I meant by that. Do you know what I mean now? Well, so it was, it was a par five. Uh huh. And because that, uh, we got it in three. So he, okay, so that was an eagle. Oh, eagle. Yeah. He was, he okay. was asking if he was trying to save a double bogey. Yes. <laughs> I was asking if he chipped in from the fairway to save double bogey, and he didn't know what that meant. So, so you got an eagle. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, it is awesome. And, that doesn't happen very often. And, and somebody else hit the ball onto the green, and they're like, "Holy moly!" Yeah. Like, so I was like, "Yes, nice job, Ted. That's, Good job." Uh, uh, probably never happen again, but uh, yeah. But that's you, but that's Ted. That's not an upgrade. That's going from not using your shots at all to doing this. Yeah, you yeah. Should be, that's, you should be, you, it's you, pretty you impressive. It's like skipping single family, multifamily altogether, and just jumping into a, a syndication. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's yes. basically what you just have. <laughs> so super happened. excited about yeah. this. You all grows up. So today we have Nate Dennis, and we actually had David Bader and his partner. And between the the two, um, they they've actually made it so Nate is one of the what top two, top three commercial uh, real estate agents in the whole state of Nebraska mm-hmm. due to this amazing partnership. Baller, yep. baller. Um, so it, it, it's a very, very, uh, lively podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we always try to keep that PG 13 rating. We're going to do some mute outs uh, as we can, but just so you get to know, if you have kids in the car, you might want to earmuff them, you might, a few earmuffs or maybe just not be the episode for them. So just gotta let you guys know about Good that. Up, yeah. we, had, we had some fun on this episode. So a uh, lively conversation, wide ranging, very loud, adjust your volume, uh, <laughs> There's all the warnings you need. I don't know how much detail we want to give this podcast, but he's a commercial broker, has he, some investment properties of his own. Investment properties. They're doing. They're doing uh, commercial uh, multifamilies, yep. large multifamilies in the Nebraska area mainly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he just got some interesting stories behind him on everything he's been doing and where he got to where he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I mean, he's hilarious. Loud, boisterous, funny. Most people know him that have been, you know, that have been around him. The oldest twenty-nine-year-old uh, you'll ever see. You've been prepared. <laughs> oldest looking, I should say. <laughs> Not mature. Um, any any good meetings that you've had, Owen, this week? Just kind of get off that topic. Yeah. Well, you know what? This week, I so I just got back from Indiana, like I mentioned. Um, met uh, three of my really good buddies. Went on a golf trip. So I didn't do a lot of uh, like I didn't have a ton of meetings this week. So. I sat down with a gentleman named uh, Sanat. Sanat, and, okay. And Sanat is originally from India, came here on a full-ride scholarship to Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, he is already creating his own mortgage company at the age of 24. Wow. Has three, maybe four investment properties. And, uh, you know, he listens to podcasts and uh, and just wanted to kind of sit down and get some, uh, get, you know, kind of... Shoot the shoot the stuff breeze. back and forth. Shoot the yeah. breeze back and forth. Thank you very much. Uh, keeping it PG right there. But uh, why start now? <laughs> why start now? <laughs> Started light. Start light. My son always listens to the first half, so I thought I'd start good here. But uh, anyway, so uh, Sanat was really interesting uh, character, and uh, I think that he's growing really fast, and I think that he might be a future uh, a good person that we interview. Uh, especially for the youngins that listen and want to get started. So, yeah, future guest. Love it. Yeah, so maybe we'll have him in at the end of the year. And by the end of the year, I think he thinks he's going to be at 10-plus properties, which I think he can do. Awesome. I mean, and and if it is he has that that mortgage company, then that would be a real interesting view from that 
point of view. So yeah, and it, it was interesting too because he actually joined a local mortgage company because um, there are some laws which I don't quote me on this, but where you have to be uh, under somebody for a year to two years before you can actually launch your company. So he already started his company and he's working under somebody locally. Okay, uh, to get that going. So that it was really interesting. His focus is completely commercial. That's that's where his uh, interesting where he lies. So. Um, I think he'll be an interesting podcast. He's good friends with uh, Satya Mystery. Uh, he's been one of his geysers, which we've had on a previous podcast. Awesome podcast. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and various other people. So, Well, Ted, how about we get into today's golden, golden nugget. nugget? I wanted to bring up TIFF. Are you familiar with TIFF a little bit? Tax Increment Financing, of course. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Tax Increment Financing basically is an incentive offered typically by the municipality, the, the city that you're operating in, to freeze the tax rate on a property that you may be uh, purchasing. So if the city basically approves Tax Increment Financing or TIF, they're saying this property is assessed currently at $100,000 for round numbers. You're going to buy it we agree to freeze that tax base rate for a period of time in order for you to be able to buy it, stabilize it, get it released and do whatever you're going to do to it. Basically they want you to improve it, right? So it's sitting on their, on the city's tax roll right now as a stagnant property, probably not gaining much in the way of tax revenue. And if you can buy something that is, uh, and typically there's some parameters around this. So a lot of times there you are going to be, looking at properties that are in a blighted district. So blighted meaning typically run down, distressed, run down, not maintained well. Um, You know, surrounding properties are kind of like eyesores and so forth. So a lot of times cities will offer TIF as a way to incentivize developers to come into an area and say, I'm going to make this better. And they're saying, in order for you to make that better, we're going to give you some incentives on the tax side of things and say, we're going to freeze the tax base. So what happens is, let's say you go, you buy a property, you you go to improve it. You can then actually borrow money from a participating lender on the TIF side. You can borrow those tax credits on a look forward basis. Now, this is going to get into the weeds. I'm not an expert on this, but basically it's a way for developers to go in and acquire a property that they normally, it wouldn't make sense. So it wouldn't pencil out for them. And the city says, we're going to incentivize you by making some tax credits available. And then you can use those credits in the form of a loan from a lender and apply them toward the project itself. And then when you're done with it, um, there, the tax incentives remain for a period of time and you can work with each, you know, each of your local municipalities in the area you're buying in to kind of figure out the details, but ask your city, uh, you know, your, your city person that your contact is uh, designated toward at the TIF level, what they have available for funding on those type of projects. So if you're going to, if you're going to do something that's a heavy development or like a reposition on an apartment complex or some other type of property, look in a TIF, it, it can really benefit your bottom line. And I think we dug a little, little bit into this with uh, Mike Schlickburn because he's doing some TIF projects. So yeah, yeah. So it'd be a good podcast to reference back to if, if, if you want to get a little more information on that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I know that especially with, uh, are you, are you doing TIF for any of your big, uh, redevelopments right Looking now? Looking into it right now in the, uh, Branson, Missouri redevelopment that we're doing on the hotel project to apartments. Um, we haven't gotten very far down the line. So I'll report back on that. Cause I'm really interested in the process. If you're looking to do this in an area that's regenerating or they got some new transportation systems going in there, this is a good opportunity for that too. But we have a really long podcast today, so we'll not spend any more time on this. Let's get into the podcast with 
Nate Dennis. Nate Dennis, we've been prepping ourselves for this podcast now for at least the last few weeks. We're like, okay, so what do we need to do to prepare ourselves for all the mischief that's going to happen during this, right, Owen? Drink a lot of booze, get your livers uh, warmed up and ready. I, oh, I think that's. You guys are not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for making the uh, long trip in. Or were you in your other. Uh, yeah, I was at your, my, my your other. second home. <laughs> Which condo were you staying in today? <laughs> I was actually at our uh, old marketplace. Okay. So I got nice and drunk last night, doing a little bar hopping, you know, prepping my liver for today. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that was great, and it was a nice jump till I went too far because apparently I can't read. So that's that's fun. Nate's been doing a little uh, neighborhood knocking, uh, like, <laughs> ding dong ditch with uh, trying to find the podcast studio. You're, you're, you're only like 900 digits off on the yeah, there, yeah, only a little bit. You yeah. know, numbers aren't important, right, guys? Not yeah. an investment thing. He made some new friends. Asked if we, he could come in and record a podcast, and they're like, "Well, we don't have that, but we have some uh, meth. If you want to try that out, you know, they seem like nice guys. I had to turn them down. It was, okay. but I might go back later. Well, well, we're glad you made it here first. You, you, you from this other part of the neighborhood, and then you're like, "Man, this is a really a." step up over here where this is and honestly i was like i think i might get shanked at the other one <laughs> so then coming over here i'm like oh this is less shanky you know yeah. like it's maybe just a slight slice or two that's know? a good sound bite less shanky it's a it's a <laughs> it's a really high-end area here. real radio studio less shanky <laughs> all right speaking of real estate uh grandiose ideas <laughs> nate uh What's your story, man? Where uh, you're from, Lincoln, Nebraska, born originally raised. born and raised, yep. and still spend a little bit of time there. And yep. now, uh, is retirement coming up? Because you're what, fifty two? You can. Yeah. <laughs> I can't cuss on this, by the way. I, I, I quickly learned. So anyone that knows me knows how hard this is. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we put a muzzle on uh, on Nate's normal uh, no, normal uh, conversation uh -huh. here. Yeah, so yeah. you're so nice, Owen. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. <laughs> All right, so long time coming, man. We've uh, yeah. I've been wanting to get you in here for a while. So yeah. we want to talk to you today about all things Nate Dennis, how you got started in real estate, how you've uh, been able to develop relationships with other real estate investors. Yeah. You've invested yourself. We yeah. want to find out more about that and uh, just dig in, man. Yeah. So you were born and raised in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, tell us about uh, what was like growing up, Nate Dennis. Oh, well, that's a long ass story that nobody really wants to hear. Oh, they do. Oh, okay. Oh, well, so born and raised in Lincoln. Um, Most of our listeners are on a treadmill right now oh, and they true. can't they and can't they... really turn it off cuz <laughs> they're all sweaty and everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, okay. you you got a captive audience right oh, now. Oh, guys, you are just in prep yourself right now for this story. It is mind-boggling. Um, so basically, born and raised in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, by a single mom, had two siblings. She raised three of us. God bless her. Uh, she actually is the one in my – so I was kind of backtracking the things you were talking about. My life goal is to ultimately beat her, and what I mean by that is she is such an amazing woman. She is the COO of Runza, largest single shareholder outside of the family that started Runza. So – I have ways to go to beat her, but that is what I want to do. That's that's my life goal. Now, for people that aren't from Omaha, what is Runza? So Runza is uh, yeah. Let's let's hear your elevator pitch here. Yeah, yeah. So it's a local fast food chain that prides itself on having local ingredients all sourced from Nebraska. Uh, I think last time I checked, there are about eighty-ish locations, primarily in the Midwest. Um, you know, we have some franchisees, stuff like that, you know, but primarily it is owned by what we call Renza National. And in my opinion, probably one of the top three cheeseburgers that you're going to get in town. Oh, yeah. The I mean, fries and, and frings, they're, they're all amazing. Dude, the frings. And here's what you do. Here's a little pro tip for all you guys. That uh, yeah, let's know, hear it. Is you go in, you get you get a fring, you get it well done, and then you have, have go, I want Lowry seasoning salt on it. Oh. And then you get some onion ring dip, and then you can all thank me later. Okay. Is onion, <laughs> is onion ring dip ranch? 
No, it is not a no, no, no. It is not. They have a special dip. They one? have a special dip. I've never. I've only gone. I got out of the ranch. I didn't even know that there was a See, special dip. So now your mind has been blown. You can thank me after you try it. Okay. <laughs> wow. What, yeah. Like, what would you describe this dip as? Um. So it's primarily like an onion dip. You know, but it's it's got some other specialty stuff in there. That so it's I like can't onion on about. onion. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm all about that onion life. And, and <laughs> do you do you know like the special recipe? Like, do you know the herbs and spices? I, I, I you know, I would tell you, but I'd have to kill you. But okay? you do know them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. this is something you're going to find in your attic one day and be able to sell it off like the KFC family did? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. man. I'm like, hey, who wants to peddle this for me, you know? Did you did you work in the stores then? Um, so they have an offshoot, which is like a local spin on a Panera called Breda. So I worked those, assistant manager for those. Um, I think I did that for eight years. And then the last two years was while I was getting my license. So I did both. License to drive? Yeah, yeah, the, the, huh? mm-hmm. the yeah. child labor <laughs> yeah. laws for Runza. <laughs> no, I did, so at sixteen is when I started work because that was her rule. She goes, "Yeah, what I make is my money. You, you don't just get something. So you have to work." Which, as a kid, you don't understand. But now I'm like, "God, that's a brilliant idea." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how, do you okay? How did your mom get involved in that? She was a roller girl at thirteen years old. She's been with the company as of this year, fifty-one years. A roller girl, like uh, out roller skates, selling cheeseburgers, fries, all that. Okay, and not not a roller runza. girl like you're in a in roller derby, like, bashing. No, no, no. Yeah, so that's the, what I was so, picturing. So the first runs a location was like so the first, she got literally went at 13 years old. Her mom took her there, and she, her, I remember my grandma telling me she's like, "There's no way she's gonna get this job. She's 13 years old. How the hell is she gonna even get there?" You know. And she goes, "I can't remember." She comes running back to the car. She says, "I got it." And she's like, my grandma goes, "I was just like shit. I have to drive her here, you know now." <laughs> And so that was 13 years old. So Roller Girls, for all these you may may, may, or not, may not know, think of like Sonic, you yeah. know, where yeah. they, back in the day where they'd roll up and sure. then, you know, serve food, yada, yada. They so still do that, right? Uh, Sonic? I have no They idea. don't have roller skates on anymore. Sonic, Sonic they, is horrible. The one, by my, the one by my house, they have roller skates on. You huh. go to Sonic? I was just staying yesterday. We go there for the ice cream. It is it is hot garbage there. I don't eat there. <laughs> go to Runza. What are you doing? I go there for the ice cream. They have really good shakes and stuff. <laughs> All right, Roller Girl. Roller so girl. <laughs> she, yeah, anyway. how, how did that lead to her like she buying just, a franchise? She bought so, a franchise. No, no, no. She's first actually on the corporate level. Okay. And so God bless uh, Donald Everett Senior, who he had, his mom started. Then um, he had really ramped it up to what it is now. Uh, his kids primarily have ownership, obviously. Um, but he just so when she became a manager of a store, um, I think it was West O. I mean, when I say West O, I mean West O, o Street in Lincoln, not West Omaha. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I figured you'd appreciate that. Um, they'd offered her a percentage, and then then she jumped to the corporate side a few years after that into their head of marketing, and she helped, you know, like runs a rec, stuff like that. Um, and then they just kept giving her opportunities. So every time she, she had an opportunity, she bought in. So, yeah. That's so they gave basically the option to buy yeah. ownership stock yeah. in the company, yep. Yep. and she did every time. Oh, yep. that's interesting. Yeah. And kind of like just started growing and growing and growing. Yeah. It's like yeah. a real estate portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and then now she is where she is now, and so now I want to kick her ass. So, Does she own some individual stores? No, no. So actually, we had we had talked about it, and I always said, why didn't she just go and start a franchise? And she, she you know, didn't have a good answer, quite frankly. Um but I think she liked the stability of being at the co- corporate office because it was, you know, what if what if the store doesn't work out like you think it does? Because mm-hmm. she still is, you know, has the corporate position, all of that at the national office. So mm-hmm. I think that is why I'm guessing. I don't know. I have some friends that uh, I don't know if you guys do, too, but when they they lived in Omaha or in the Midwest for a while and then they move away mm-hmm. and they really miss Runza. Oh, yeah. And they want. And in fact, uh, I have a buddy that lives in Austin, Texas. 
he orders. I, I don't know how he does this. I don't know if Runza actually does it or if he just has a buddy that goes oh, he and gets it. The free, He'll have it shipped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you can go online, by the way, everybody, and go and order yourself a nice freezer pack of Runzas if you want. Runza, I also expect a check for all this plugging I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's actually pretty cool. So anybody listening to this that has no idea what Runza is, it's delicious. Yeah. And you should probably order some and have it shipped to you yep. just to try and it out. And then just put a note in there. Nate Dennis told me about this. Yeah. And then I'll get a check. There's so many things that ship out. You got Omaha Steaks and now you got Runza. Right. Like, right. What are you going to do? It's, yeah. it's the Midwest. You know, you haven't really experienced the taste of Midwest until you've had Runza. Got it. So she instilled some learning lessons uh, yeah. for you that you were frustrated with at the time, then realized in hindsight it was probably a smart idea. Oh, it was a Not genius. to just hand you the keys and say, here yeah. you go. Here's yeah. everything you need. Yeah. Uh, what? How, what did you do next? Like, so after you graduated high school, yep. what was next for you? So I quickly realized that college wasn't for me mainly because I am not great at listening to somebody of authority telling me I have to do something. I quickly run in the other direction and say, no, that's not going to happen and do the opposite. So I uh, tried that for about six ish months. Didn't go well. And then just kind of looked for something else um, that I liked and had a passion in and and just by sheer dumb luck, I was like, you know what? I've always had this weird fascination with real estate. Um, what was that? What, what instilled that in your thought in your head? It, oddly enough, I have honestly no idea. I remember being like a fifteen, and this is gonna this is gonna maybe be a little cliche, but I, I think around when I was fifteen or sixteen, I think million dollar listings actually first came out, mm-hmm. and I think I just went going, holy shit, these guys make some money, and they look good. I look good. I want money. <laughs> So I think that kind of sparked it. And then obviously that is so unrealistic from your life, by the but, way. But in fact, I, I love the fact that you remember that moment. Yeah. Because yeah. because that's always what I seek out in these interviews is that moment that I actually like. Light bulb goes on. Yeah. 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 yeah so you thought million dollar listing, that sounds just like Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. I, I mean, how many million dollar listings are there in Lincoln, do you think? I mean, uh, well, in Lincoln, <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe, well, I, 10. I'm going to say 10. Okay. Yeah. 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 If that right now, I think there's actually like seven. Uh, Omaha, though, they have quite a few more they do. million yeah. or multi-million. I mean, hell, Lincoln just had a two point two million dollar um, listing that actually residential that just went under contract. I was shocked by that. Huh. Okay. So went into real estate. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. You got uh, d- now. So you you wanted to get your salesperson license. You did you have any aspirations of investing, or was that even on your no? Ra- it wasn't radar? even on the radar at the time. I just because you so I got licensed a week after I turned twenty one. So for all of you that for all of you that do not know, I'm thirty one. I know I look ancient, <laughs> you know, but uh, I'm not actually that old. Uh, yeah, thank you. As he stares at me and shakes his head, you want to see my would, age? That's hard to believe, dude. You want to <laughs> see my ID? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, he gets asked for his ID a lot. It's just to prove that he's not old instead of the other way around. All right, talk us through your first uh, foray into the real estate space. What was that like? You're 21 years old. I'm 21. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, man. Um, Did you you experience some... Fast success, or was it a struggle to kind of so get, no, get traction? No, because I mean, you're, I mean, like, like I said, it was a week after I turned twenty-one. Do you do anything smart at twenty-one? No. Yeah, right. So I mean, I mean, obviously, I think I lucked out at getting my license at twenty-one, uh, but then quickly. So I think the first year it was just a horrible shit year. I think I maybe sold maybe honestly, and I might be exaggerating million dollars, you know. So just junk. Yeah, but the average real estate agent. In the United States, I think sells three point two houses a, and I like, a year, and I strive to be average. That's yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, 
So yeah, that was just junk. But I was I was 21. I was drinking. I was partying. Yada yada. yada. Like that wasn't my main focus. So and nothing's then, changed. I mean, well, yeah, I just make more money now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then the next year. So I. It's funny for the. So then the next seven years, I doubled every year. So it went one to two, two to four, four to eight, eight to you know. So now I'm at. And then it, it, at a certain point, it's hard to double. Um, I think now today, as of today, we just closed a, a two and a half million dollar one Friday. So I'm at 24 million just myself today. So. Dang. In 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so for people out there that maybe aren't familiar with the residential or commercial side of real estate sales, what is a good benchmark? What, it, when have you made it when you hit what volume level? So I'd say, you know, when you first, you know, and everybody has a different, everybody has their own number in their yeah. head. Ted, okay? I want to hear what your thoughts on this are too. Um, I think personally, you know, when I was younger, so when I first hit, you know, like making, so mine was always, it wasn't like a volume number because really I give two shits about volume. It's like, what am I putting in my pocket? Mm-hmm. Um, so mine was always, okay, once I make six figures. So I think that was when I was like 24 or 20, yeah, 24, somewhere in 24, 25, you know, and that was for me at that time, I think you had to sell about 5 million. Okay. In, in that current market. Um, and then there there's this thing, you know, that I experienced anyway, what that going from, so getting to 5 million is a huge thing when you, especially when you're, you know, first few years in the game. Um, and then, but getting from that and then the next, my next goal was like 10. 10. Yeah. And there was, it was, it's, it was hard, you mm-hmm. know, to get, to do that jump. But then after you hit 10, it's like, oh, okay. And you did that in traditional sales? Tradi- that was residential. Oof. I was all residential. So I, I repped builders. I did, prim- that was primarily new construction, high-end real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off, though, just doing the little shit boxes that were, um, you know, 100, 150,000, 200,000. So it was, it was fun, guys. <laughs> I think, I think my, I think last year was my best year I ever had. And I did about 15 million in sales. Yeah. But I predominantly do all investors, and yeah. the only tradition I do is when an investor wants to buy a house. Well, and yeah. you you have a team also, and you also had or have a team in addition to your personal production. Correct? I, ha- I had at one point. Yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And but I, and I, I actually my sales are down because of my team because I hand off a know, lot of a lot of listings and more, activity. More than half of all my all yeah. my leads get handed off. Yeah. Okay, let's maybe talk about this for a second. When do you get to a point where you think it's a good idea to form a team instead of just doing solo production? Again, uh, there's no cut and dry, you know. Answer. When was it for you? For me, it was when I decided that residential was a headache. <laughs> That's a <laughs> remarkable amount of self control not to swear. Yeah, I, 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 I'm honestly shocked right now. Um, yeah, so I think once I started doing, once I hit so like twelve ish million, just sing by myself residential, and it was, uh, I dude, I, 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 thinking back now, I'm having, I'm having like nightmares. Ted is getting shivers thinking about all the transactions and the headaches of a oh, residential the traditional twelve part. million dollars worth of real of, tr- oh, yeah. of residential real estate. That's a slog. Oh yeah, so you're brutalized I, in those transactions. Oh, and it's, I mean, the mo- here's the thing that's different between residential and an investment or commercial is it's the emotion um and that's where i couldn't do it because there was no logical thinking and i'm not a super emotional person i'm i'm like mm. no, no no this doesn't make sense like do you want this or do you not want this oh but, I, but the color's not right oh on the carpet i'm like great well change change it, it. <laughs> you know like is you it, got the deal Oh, it, or like if you're in the or they get bogged down over the dumbest shit where it'd be like five hundred dollars i'm like well, we're looking at a half a million dollar place. If you can't afford five hundred dollars, I think we got bigger problems. <laughs> you know? Um so you know how many times, it, it, you know how many times I, I've done traditional ones and I've just gotten frustrated. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'll pay for it. Let's just get this done. Oh, yeah. I did the same. Same. Yeah. I, I'm curious. When, you, when you're talking about doing what like, I know you're talking about like real dollars in your pocket versus yep. the volume amount, but there is a correlation, right? So Yes, there is. And, and it depends on which brokerage you're working for, what your split is and Correct. all that. Yep. So when you hit... Five million, you made, and I know this isn't an exact science, but you said roughly five million, you're going to make about a hundred grand. Is that? Do you think that still holds true? Uh, I don't think so anymore. Honestly, is it is I, it more or less? I think it's starting to be less. I mean, Ted, I don't, I, I don't do residential anymore, as you guys know. I, I primarily am commercial and investment stuff. So, but I feel like there's so many with the market being what it is. I'm seeing brokerages because I still like to see what's going on with residential, just because that affects the overall investment and commercial. Yeah, market. you're keeping a pulse on. Uh, so on the I've seen a lot of these mom and pop brokerages, which I'm sure they're going to love that I just called them that. Um, Come up and they're basically what I remember back then when I first got started, they do is they, they'd get, you know, they'd list stuff for one, two, three percent total. I mean, that's paying themselves and a buyer's agent, mm. but they have to turn them out quick. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I think the number's starting to go down. Well, it depends on your split. It depends on uh, if you're on a team because your team's going to yep. get a big chunk of your money. Yeah. Um, it depends on the brokerage that you choose to. Some of them yep. and some like uh, the brokerage I'm at, one option you have is you can pay a thousand eighty a month and you get 100% of your commissions. And actually, that's a pretty dang good deal. Like big picture here. So if you go from five million to ten million, is it mm -hmm. fair to say that your income is going to roughly double? Uh yeah. I mean, mine, well, mine, 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 my case, mine over double. Your expenses but. are generally also doubling, though. Nope. Generally, though, when you're growing that, if you're so, I also have. I'm the I am the oddity, and I've been told this by so many people because I actually don't advertise. Um, my advertising dollars for all of last year was maybe five thousand dollars. And that's primarily me for fun doing billboards of my dogs. But <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. That's literally it's you want to go in Lincoln, there's gonna be like ten billboards of my two Frenchies. <laughs> have you seen the movie I Love You Man? Yes. I actually plan on doing a whole string of those. I have it all planned out already. Oh my god, those have you seen it? No. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, got, Jason so, Siegel and Paul Rudd oh, yeah. and he buys uh what ten thousand dollars worth. He's yep. like Borrows money from Paul Rudd, and he's like, I, I need to borrow $10,000. It's for an investment opportunity. And okay. then he doesn't tell him what it's for. He loans him the ten grand, yeah. and then all of a sudden, he puts these ridiculous oh, yeah. he's billboards up of Paul Rudd, uh, like, you know, license acting like James Wesley. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> when did you switch to commercial? Um, so, uh, so I'd always dabbled in investment and commercial real estate, um, working with a lot, like, so one of them, which is really, he's turning into like a brother to me at this point. Cause we've been working together about six, seven years, Dave Bader. And I work up, I talked to him more than I talked to my wife, quite frankly. I mean, it's like three to four times a day. Okay. Um, so he was a flipper originally when he and I met and, and which is a funny story. He which, actually talked about the story. Did he? In his podcast. Oh. If you listen to our, if, you, yeah, ever if you ever listen to our podcast, yeah. you would know that he was on it. Yeah, you know, and, he, I, and he'd, he'd give you some pretty nice shout outs in there. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. Put a link to that podcast in the show notes. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. And, and so if he already said, it, I'm not going to tell the story again. No, it, tell it. No, tell it. Oh, you want? Okay. Yeah. I want to hear your, your, uh, oh, my rendition of it. Cause okay. this was also like nine months ago. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. So, uh, it was another residential agent's party, uh, Christmas party. And so I, I, you know, I'm drinking yada, yada. <laughs> I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I bet you do. So, um, drinks are flowing, yada, yada. Uh, this one gal has these little like tiny Christmas light, light up things. And I'm like, Hey, well, you know, why don't you shove those on my pants and have them like hang down a little bit, you know, cause they've got these blinking balls on them. I'm like, and I'll just walk around like that. And sure, shit, she does it, and, and so I do. And this is keep in mind, this is a party, and this other agent who who I love, um, she is a very affluent, very well known agent. You know where she works with banks. I just did a 
about two and a half million dollar commercial deal with her about a month ago. <laughs> so there are some very big hitters there. And then I'm just walking around drinking like it's no big deal. And um, Dave walks up to me and he goes, I don't know who you are, but I just want to drink with you. And he gives me investment, you know, his card. And I'm like, whatever, some some other guy that thinks he can flip. I only get 10 of these a week. Who gives a shit? And then um, that's pretty much it. I mean, the next thing I know, I had a flip the next week and, and I sold it to him. And I think he ended up making forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in about 35 days on that one. And the rest is history. So now, you know, now we're... This year, I think we've already done together about fifteen million. So you you got this new whale of a client. He was here's the thing. Dave was not a whale. You got to think. Dave, but he got a transaction from day one. Whoa, 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 whoa. week one, week one. Uh, it was it was probably about a month out, but still, you got to think. Dave went from flipping probably less than ten ounces a year to what he is now, and we've been on that we've been on that journey together. Um, I mean. It's, I mean, but the thing is, is like Dave and I mesh so well together because, again, we're not emotional, um, but we're, we, 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 we quickly became very good friends. Also, you know, us both making a lot of money together helps, of course. Um, but like it was that it, he went from doing eight to 10 houses flips a year to now it's like, you know, we probably on average do 10 to $15 million in, in commercial real estate together a year now. So that's that's huge jump in, in a matter of five I think we've been doing this six, seven years together now. So it, it, it was, it was, it's been a fun ride. That's for sure. Are you now? Okay. So his, um, we just from previous recordings, we now know that he mainly specializes in multi-units, apartment yep. buildings, yep. huge transactions. Yep. And are you personally investing in these transactions too? So we, yes and no. I mean, it depends on the deal. Um, cause some of them, you know, he, you know, he's getting a small percentage or some of them, uh, he's just straight selling them off. So it just depends on the deal. It's a deal by deal basis. So it's, it's again, it's not a cut and dry answer on that one. I would definitely say some of them. Yeah. I mean, we're working on one now, um, that is 24 units that we wrapped up is, uh, 24 units built in 92 or three were, uh, that I found is built in, or sorry, 24 units built in 92 and we got them under contract for like 30,000 a door, I think. Is that in the Lincoln area? Uh, outside of Lincoln, a little outside of Lincoln. Okay. But, you know, it's where do you find something that's <laughs> for 30,000 a door building 90s? Are you going to keep it? Uh, yeah, so we're keeping those. Okay. Yep. So the, you guys kind of pick and choose, and then you do, you do partnerships. How many partnerships do you have with him on, on various not a, Not a lot, um, just because I run my you know my portfolio, my business a little bit differently, not knocking day by any means, but um, depending on the project. like he, So the ones he has in Lincoln, I would not – he – maybe doesn't run them as nice as I do. Uh, but he gets the numbers. You know, for me, it's like I go and I got them. I get them, you know, to the nine. So I get crazy rent, better tents, yada, yada. You guys know the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, and he doesn't typically like doing that, which is fine. Everybody has their own business model. Um, so yeah, that's, it just depends on the deal. Long story short. Nate Dennis, Dave Bader, a love story. So how it did, was kismet. So the, you noticed his twinkle balls on uh, on the Christmas party. No, he and noticed the, my twinkle balls. Or, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he noticed you, was drawn to you like a moth to a flame, right? So, yeah, two uh, uh, sparkly flames. <laughs> <laughs> he did a flip. You yeah. said, okay, he does what he said he can do. And yeah. then you did, he did a few more, you guys did a few more transactions together. Yeah. When did he or you decide multifamily is kind of the, or commercial is the yeah. way that, the, we, the we, path we, you we should, should walk. So we had, a, we did like a couple. 
Like I, I've always dabbled doing initially small ones, you know, fours, duplexes, sixes, shit like that. Um, but uh, and so he and I talked about it, but that wasn't something he was real familiar with, and I was just becoming familiar with. And then I think I remember right before COVID, um, we 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 did a couple deals. I remember, you know, we talked about it at one point and just saying, "Hey, we think there's a gap in the market. Like we do, we there's not a lot of guys." doing this and especially the ones that are doing it are not doing it well and finding the deals that are actually worth a damn. And so we filled that niche. Um, you know, the most recent one was, um, 171 door one that we did. Uh, I can't remember the number 13 or 14 million, you know, um, that was an off market, never saw the light of day, you know, that we helped an Oma investor who I won't name name, uh, and he's very happy with it. So, you know, stuff like that is, is you know, our business is predominantly your clients, like these big, like national. Um, no, actually, funds? I don't, I don't do, I don't do national guys. Uh, national guys are actually a huge pain in the ass, in my opinion. Okay. I've talked to a number of, number of uh, what is it, big one, Blackstone. Yep. Yep. No, I won't touch those guys. Uh, they're great, you guys. If you want to, if we want to talk again, we can. <laughs> But, but local investors is really your focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Blackstone, what you know, or, or, or not even just them. Let's just say yeah, for for people to know, like what who is Blackstone? So they're huge national. I mean, they've got billions of dollars in in in, in real estate across the country. Um, I mean, they're like a hedge fund for rate real estate. It's the easiest way I can put it. Um, so I mean, and not just them. So I'm not going to single them out. I mean, but I've 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 talked to and heard from other ones, and and their requirements, in, given the today's market, it's it's just so unrealistic and it's such a pain in the ass. It's not worth it. Um, I think down the road, I think it'll be something that works out. But right now, it, it would be me spinning my wheels. I mean, Ted, have you seen or worked with them before? Not Blackstone. I've worked with other funds around. Okay. I, I have a fund out in Montana and one out in California. I've done some transactions for. Okay, but uh, you, you know, do you find them to be a pain in the ass? Uh, my Montana group uh, took a long time to get the deal done, uh, but the, but in the end it, it, it worked out well, and yeah. and uh, you know it was a, it was a family ran uh, fund. Oh, okay. So it's, it's yeah, it's a like bit. a family office. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then there's some bank invest uh, investments into it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so a little so yeah, I get you. A little yeah. different, but yeah. Um, I but I predominantly. Out of my list, I got about three hundred investors on my list, and out of those, How do you pre- start, uh, predominantly are are uh, one and two, you know, small partnerships. Okay, so yeah. I, I, I know this is a questionnaire for me, but I got to ask you: How in the hell do you service accurately? And, and I don't. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm I, like, I think I've got like ten guys, no. and uh, that's enough. No, so we, yeah, I, I ended up capping the list quite a while ago, but um, we got about three hundred on there. We uh, we have people that go through and constantly check on them. Uh, we have a we used to have until recently because there's some law changes. We used to have a list that was constant. We had uh, all those people plus some on a on an active like Google Sheet, and they could see the uh, transactions we had live oh, okay, uh, yeah, available. Yeah. So that's how that's how we handled a lot of it. Uh, realistically, though, out of that three hundred, I would say forty to sixty of them. Are are constantly buying through our our group, forty to sixty. Yeah, thank God you have a team. I'm like so, that sounds tiring. That, so to we me. yeah, so we we disperse those throughout the team members. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, both of you at various points have really glossed over getting contacted by a freaking hedge fund. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that not a big deal? No. Like, because that sounds like a big deal. Sounds if, like a pain it, in my ass. It's just a big no, vacuum. Wait, wait, yeah. hang on a minute though. <laughs> Are you are you telling me that you were so big time that when you got a call from a like one of the most visible hedge funds in, in the world, yeah, 
that you're like, eh, I'm not, well, like, I'm good. Well, or you're like, yeah, maybe I'll work for, with you. For me, like, I mean, I don't know about Ted. I, I, I don't have that group on my list, so. I mean, is is it's it's time involved. I mean, okay, what is my time? What does that phone call look like or sound like? It's just like, hey, I heard about you. Bob. I mean, I don't remember the exact damn conversation. I didn't write it down. I just was like, well, what so do you it's want? So no, it's no big deal to get contacted by Blackstone. I like how you have to like really try to remember that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Blackstone Group. So you picked up the phone and you're like, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of busy. Well, you whatever. Got, I mean, I mean that look, seems like a huge You got to look at me. their criteria and you're just like, great. They've heard about you. They have a pre-written criteria. They yeah, probably yeah, sent it, out to you, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's not worth my time. Okay. I mean, because it's it's like I'm gonna have to spend a lot of time trying to find it. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a it's a few million dollars, but how much time am I gonna do to spend? You know, how much time am I involving to find that few million versus the ten guys I already have a relationship with? Yeah, they're not Blackstone, they're not billion dollar company, but I already know what they want. I already know that they close. I understand Blackstone can close, but it, it, and Blackstone's not gonna become uh, your friends. He's got these, no, these they don't t- give two shits. These ten people that you're working with are your are your yeah, people. They come to me. Okay, yeah. so would it be fair to say that Blackstone has a very very small criteria buy box? I hate that term, but yeah, that's, no, that's no, what yeah, they have, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, and you look at that and you're like, yeah, eh. that's great, but I have ten other people locally that I work with yeah. and like and know yeah. personally that I know and I are gonna more, they're, they're looser on their criteria than you guys are. Uh, maybe, Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I said they're looser, but then uh, for me, I'm one of those old school dudes. Even though I'm only 31, I'm, I'm actually 60 in a 30 year old body. You know, so oh, and you know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do I? I, I think we're thinking. I think we're thinking I, the opposite. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I even speak there? Well, you look better than I do, Owen. So take that for what you will. Um, <laughs> So I, I'm a really loyal. I'm a, I, I call it a stupid loyal guy, you know. Where okay. I, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe I make a little bit more money with somebody else, but it's it's working with somebody I like and that I trust and like I, I can see a future and all that kind of stuff. And you're watching somebody grow. You're bu- you're building yeah. somebody up. Yeah, I mean, I've I've helped. Uh, I love that. For way. me, I know I've 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 helped two of my clients become millionaires. My my local buyers so I love that. always come first before my my out of state buyers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, there's a couple out state buyers that I've just developed re- great relationships with. They come visit me a lot. So I do have like three or four people that I do look at them like locals, but, but in general, my, my inner circle. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Like your, um, gosh, I can't think of his name. He's a super nice guy. DV, the, the, the DVG guy. Mike. Mike. Mike yeah. Schlickberg. Mike, Mike oh, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. I really like him. He always buys drinks. So that's why I like him. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, he, was, so, he was on a previous podcast too. Oh, we oh, we yeah. refer him on the show notes. Oh, okay. Hey guys, let, let, let me ask both of you this. So you've both worked for years now with uh, investors. Yeah. Let's say you have a an investor that wants to work with you. They like what they hear on mm-hmm. the podcast. They're interested in you know having you help source deals or close deals or whatever. What's the best way to get on the good side of a you know agent that's kind of a baller or like they're you know. Uh, finding a lot of deals, closing a lot of deals. How do you? How do you? How do you, how do you stand out? How do you get the time with somebody that doesn't have the time to give? Mm, money helps. I mean, how do they prove that? Like, what? Let's talk this out. Like, let's oh, say you meet somebody new. What? Yeah. What's the process? Taking like? you out to the nicest steakhouse in town? No, oh. no, God, I, I give two shits about that. I can do that <laughs> on my own. Um, it's starting no, though. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, what helped me? So I just had one deal where I'd never heard of the guy, and one of my guys was trying to sell like a twelve, you know, in Lincoln and twelve plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and never heard of the buyer yet. And I called one of the other guys, and he said, "Oh, he he's a solid guy. You know, I, I trust him. I've done that. That goes actually light years. I you can buy me whatever. You can show me whatever. But if you don't have a good reputation with you know, and, and the group of people I know, and I'm doing it long enough that I can make a few calls, and you can find out pretty quick if the guys. It's nice thing about joining your local networking group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so have ha- have a solid referral base, or at least a couple of people that could say, you know what, good guy, good yep. gal. Yep. And they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. They can perform. Yeah. Because, right? I mean, after – I mean, it, it's – you know, you, you screw somebody over a couple times or you don't close or you don't do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's just like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm not going to – Owen, can I put you on my personal ref- referral list? <laughs> sure, Ted. You can. Uh, Nate, let's talk about when you transitioned from just being involved in the transaction to yeah. actually having skin in the game or being on the deed. So I th- – think you know give or take a year because i don't exactly remember the booze is flowing okay so um but i'd say you know probably again at the 24 25 age wise mark for me when i started making some what i call real money is i uh i talked to some old school agents you know they've been doing this 20 30 years and said how have you guys lasted this long you know because in our you know in our as agents um, I think there's like an 80 plus percentile that don't make it in five years. And then after that, I think like another out of that 20 that make it, I think another 80% are gone within 10. I mean, so there's, it, they really fall off pretty quick. That's funny. And it almost kind of mirrors the small business owner thing. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, essentially you are a small business owner yeah, if you're yeah. an agent starting out. But, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was just really, you know, and these guys have been doing it 30 years, you know, and some of them, you know, where they went through multiple recessions, you know, they've got, it was, I, hell, there's one guy that's been doing it 50 years I've talked to mm-hmm. and he's worth um, like five plus million dollars. Um, owning a whole bunch of triple net stuff. So anyway, long story short is they said, um, you're a real estate agent, maybe buy real estate, buy what you're selling. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's a very simplistic way to think about it. So, um, so then, yeah. So, um, I decided to start looking at it and found, found an off market duplex pretty quick after that conversation and, um, bought that for like 125 and then did a little work. And now that's, it's probably, you know, it's a stone duplex, um, built in the fifties and, I think now we just re-rented everything and I bring I bought it for one twenty five, we put about ten in it and we, we rented out for about two thousand. Wow. So that's, good that's a great there. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So are all all your properties uh are they in Lincoln? Yeah, they're all Lincoln. Yeah. No, I just I, I wouldn't non partnership. Non yeah, 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 yeah. So I well, some are, are with uh LD. LD's my mother. So okay. cause she wanted to diversify and so I started doing some and she goes, Hey, I'd I'd want to do some with you to diversify. So which I don't I think partnerships are great, um, depending on your situation, just because they're they allow you to uh grow a lot faster. Um so some yes, some no. What does your what does your portfolio entirely look like today? So um we have one single family and that was just because we, we just got it on a smoking deal, which you know, Dave, if you actually listen to this, um he'll get a chuckle because he's mad about um to this day. I got it for like eighty thousand and we put about fifteen in it and I get uh fourteen fifty out of rent out of it and uh, I think I could sell for like two hundred thousand dollars today. Um, the rest are all duplexes. I just love duplexes. I love duplexes. I love them. They, I can't get it. It's like a drug. I love it. They might be my favorite thing to buy. Duplexes. It's, why? They have all the benefits of single family. A true duplex. A not, true duplex. Yeah. Built for purpose. Yep. Because they 
have you can still have the tenants take care of lawn care, snow removal. They have oh, pay, you have them do that. I pay, don't. I don't pay they, all their own utilities. Oh yeah, I have them do that. Yeah, and they cash flow better than almost any other asset mm-hmm. that you can buy within the space. More than a triplex and a quad. Yes. Well, but I don't like conversion. So your tries and your your quads obviously they they can be true builds, but I mean I. No offense to anybody that has conversions. I think they're great and they can cash flow, but I think they're also problem child. I, so I hate conversions also. Yeah. Even um, though we're sitting in one? Yeah, but this one. <laughs> but this one. Um, but that's different. Yeah. that's, that's No, no. <laughs> if you walk around this one, this actually one feels like an apartment building, uh, the way that it's broken down if you get yeah. into it. The other part of this one is is that I I use this for traveling nurses and Airbnbs. Oh, no. so I, I the numbers I, can be phenomenal. I would never do this property as a uh, individual rentals. Right. No, no, no. And I'm not, I'm not questioning that whatsoever. It's just especially because the city involvement would be a nightmare. Well, so that and, and so Lincoln and Omaha are vastly different. So there's so it, once you get over two units, you actually we call it a COC. So it's a certificate of compliance. So you have to be up to certain codes. What are the codes in your area? A pain in the ass, long story short. <laughs> um, so, like, you have to have – so a lot of the conversions, you have to have certain firewalls in place, things like that. Yep. Um, so when you get into conversions, that, that gets very costly very quick. That And that's not on rehab. That's just on getting into compliance. That's like that here, but it's only if the property was uh, condemned or, or had a city issue with it. So in Lincoln, it's anything over two units. And then – the property I'm renovating right now, mm-hmm. uh, that was a, a conversion duplex. Mm-hmm. But I knew that since it had a bulldoze order on it, mm-hmm. when I bought yeah. it, there's no way I'd be able to do that without separating furnace, ductwork, yep. yep. so on, so on, so on, and firewalls, like you mentioned. So yep. I actually took the stair, opened up that stairwell again, made it back into a single family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> and I, I, actually, and I ran my comps. The comps were better as a single family and it was a conversion duplex. Yeah. The other thing for me is I'm very picky on ages. And so, you know, when you get into the conversions, you know, you're typically 1930-ish and under. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do of that shit yeah good you know where you're almost 100 years old no th- this is a good point and and i like just to kind of further the thought on the duplexes um i like that they operate almost like a single family basically it's almost like a townhome setup and mm-hmm. if you can buy a townhome uh style duplex side by side that's ideal because you don't have somebody walking above you that yep. has you know elephant feet or whatever and uh, the sound, you know, generally the sound barrier is a lot better between in a townhome style setup. So side by side. But uh, I, yeah, I just like duplexes for that reason, because when you get into multifamily, anything that's uh, like, like you mentioned, there's a lot of code differentials between duplexes and anything above that. And in, in Omaha, for example, you cannot have PVC uh, drain lines in a three or more unit building. Did you know that? No. So a three or more unit building, PVC is made out of plastic. Yep. And if that catches on fire, it can cause noxious fumes that could supposedly you know, harm or kill somebody else in the building. And I've actually had to tear out brand new PVC yep. and put cast iron in for the stacks, the plumbing stacks. Really? Yes. Hmm. So don't get busted by your uh, code enforcement (laughs) officer. (laughs) (laughs) One of today's quick tips. But um, yeah, no, I love duplexes. But uh, now you had Airbnbs, yes? No, no, no. At some point, never? No, I actually, mainly because of the issues Dave Bader had, uh, I was like, I I thought about it. So actually, our our old marketplace, uh, we thought about doing that because we're actually building a place in Lincoln right now because that's where my wife will end up back uh, probably, most likely. Um, for uh, after residency and everything like that, but it's just when you retire. 
Yeah, I went to retire <laughs> in like a year and a half. Um, Wife so, becomes doctor, you retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows the whole deal. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm prepared. Um, so anyway, um, it's there's just a lot of hassle, you know. And, and for me, everything goes back to the, you know, the most invaluable thing we have because it's finite is time. Mm-hmm. So what is my time worth? And it's like, mm, no, I'm good. I mean, the, the headache and, and some guys like it, you know, and, and they make money on it. I mean, I, I know some guys that make six figures on Airbnb, but also the calls and the texts and the blah, blah, blah that they get at 10, 11 o'clock at night or on the weekend or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'll stick to, I, I'll, I'll stick to something where I don't have to deal with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll buy something else that makes, you know, similar numbers and I don't have to deal with that because my, my time's more valuable. So. Plus. Okay. So. Your your first deal was a duplex. Yep. What did what I, did it look primarily like? all I look? I mean, that's yeah. primarily what I buy. I mean, uh, until you know, there's this twenty four. We're looking at some uh, triple net stuff right now, just because we're I'm I'm kind of tired of the small stuff. Can you can you describe what that means? What is triple net, and why is that uh, something so, to consider? Yeah. So again, it comes down to the time conversation I just had, where um, I can't say where, because we don't have it locked up or anything, uh, but there's some there's some nice triple net stuff where we don't have to do anything except for buy the property. We have to set, hit certain criteria because it's, it's a national tenant. Um, but so with triple nets, they, they take care of everything. Taxes, yada, I mean, anything goes wrong, they're on the hook. Now, you're not going to have your necessary, your cash flow, you know, but you also have the ease of the you don't do shit. You just literally collect a check every every month. You don't do anything, so it's it's you, you don't you don't, you just don't get calls. Period. You you never really. Uh, I don't think you finished that question or the answer to the question of what's your portfolio look like. You talked oh, about you talked about yeah. the single family. You talked. She was upset. You talked about the duplexes you have. Yeah, you talked about yeah. the partnership with your mom. Yeah. But you have part. You have all their properties and partnerships with David Bader, right? So we're that's what we're we're doing right now. This we're, is the first one. So this is the first one, just because I I run things. Differently, I'm a little pickier. So, how, how many units do you currently have? So, right now? we have ten properties total. Uh, nine properties or duplexes. One is uh, single family. So, you say nine properties? So, those are actually eighteen units. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so my and I think you know my overall goal in life again is like I said to beat LD, which I still have a long way to go, uh, which is also counterproductive since she's a partner on some of these, but it is what it is. <laughs> um. But, um, you know, so... If you can't beat them, join them. Is that, is that the know, motto here? I mean, again, her having a shitload of cash helps. <laughs> um, so uh, my, my, my ultimate goal, is, you know, for this is to beat her. But then, you know, everybody has their number, like I've t- I, I said before. And so my number is, uh, before I'm 40, so in nine years, to be worth 40, uh, sorry, to be worth $10 million and have a, ca- a net cash flow of 100000 a month. So I've got some work ahead of me, but I'm pretty confident because I've I've always hit my goals that I you know I want to be a millionaire by the time I was 30 I hit that by I was six months early so uh, and then I, you know I have my other goals for just selling stuff which I I just always say just beat what I did last year which I've never lost that so yeah do you mind if we talk about what the plan is to hit that goal um, like how are you going to accomplish you know, that's a big number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got nine years, well, eight plus and counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah thank uh, you. Thank eight you. and change. Thanks. Uh, drive that dagger in. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that look like for you? So if you're fast forward to your 40 years old, you look back and you've yeah. got X uh, amount of income coming in. Yeah. What, what is that? What's your, like, what is your portfolio comprised of? Do you have partners? Is it solo? I, I probably will have partners on it just because I don't mind if, 
picking the right guy, that's huge in my opinion. Find the right guy. You know, Dave, I love Dave. He's like a brother to me. And, and he and I think a lot alike. Um, except for, you know, we, 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 you know, on certain things. You have differing opinions on... Uh, on condition stuff sometimes. Okay. okay. Um, or, you know, like I like downtown buildings, which is, you know, which, you know, which is counterproductive to what I said with like conversions. Um, but for some reason, the aesthetic and whatnot, and, and if you're in the right location, I think can be huge money makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence why I live in the, the old market, you know, and I, I'm looking at a few buildings right now in the old market of buying. Um but um, primarily, I'd say as far as long-term goals hitting that 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 number is primarily multifamilies with, you know, maybe twenty-five percent of them being triple net stuff. Just because I think that's a nice anchor to have, mm-hmm. you know, because those those guys are going to be signing ten to fifteen-year leases with you know two to five percent increases every five years, or, or sometimes it is year after year. It just depends on the national tenant. I want to ask you about something because this happens, I think, to most active real estate investors. You run out of cash. And especially if you're buying something where you have to put in money into a deal, let's say it's a limited partnership, let's mm-hmm. say it's a triple net yeah. uh, acquisition, um, how do you keep the ball moving or do you just make a lot of money on the brokerage side? Basically, your cash generating business, you carve out a portion of that cash and say, you know what, I'm going to park this in a triple net yeah. uh, acquisition partner with somebody so I don't have to deal with it out of sight, out of mind. That's my retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm good with that. Or is there a way that you can recoup that somehow with? I like, guess I think really simple. I mean, I, I think people overcomplicate things. And at least for me, it's just having a small or, lo- or you know, or low overhead. Mm-hmm. So my total overhead expenses as far as like what my living costs, yada, yada, you know, because with the two homes, with the two homes. That's yeah. It, you yeah. You're really, you're a minimalist, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> you know, but here's the thing, you know, this old saying, if you make your money when you buy it, I mean, the one in the old market that I have, uh, we bought it before the huge boom and off a, a real estate attorney, which really makes you laugh for two and a quarter. And I could sell the thing for half a million dollars right now. Mm-hmm. And I have $50,000 in rehab. It mm-hmm. has totally been gutted up top to bottom. So, you know, but the notes, you know, less than two, two and a quarter. I mean, so you, my overhead again is it's, I think it cost me $1,500 a month. I mean, that's not crazy. Um, so I think having low overhead is huge. And then, you know, so most of the, or the bulk of the, the money I make just goes into an investment account, you know, just say here, I'm going to set this all aside. And, and when it's ready, that's what I do. And, and I don't also talk to touch any of the rents, because uh, I don't need the cash from the rents we have now on on, on uh, my current portfolio, so all that just sits in the account. It goes right back into the real yep. estate business because uh, I, I don't need that money. Now, most people that with real estate um, success like you've had, yeah, invest in different ancillary businesses. They might get into a title company, get an insurance company, get a mortgage, whatever. That if the title company wants to have me, I will definitely entertain it. So you're look, looking into a title partner. I am. Yep. Okay. Is there any other uh, uh, other businesses that you're looking I, at, like I, hard money, or are you trying to get any of that other <laughs> items? I know where you're going to go with that. <laughs> you wanted me to divulge the Dave Bader deal I just told you about? <laughs> no, I don't. Know. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to throw Dave under the bus on that one. Um, so um, uh, there, there's one I can't mention the name of it, uh, but I am actually currently under contract with some other guys on uh, a local coffee shop that has a number of locations in Lincoln. So okay. yeah, uh, and that one's just you know I'm 
simply put a chunk of cash up and, and I get a hell of a return. So I guess that could be an ancillary. You ha- you're going to have all your meetings yeah. at this coffee shop. Are they going to serve beer there? Um, meetings? Who has? Uh, do I have meetings? I, I, you never meet with anybody that, went, no. that you ever want to talk to or a client? You never no. sit at a coffee shop ever? I have, I, I, you, they can call me. I guess you will be now. <laughs> yeah, maybe now, yeah. You can follow. The, there's, that, there's a local coffee shop in town, and uh, they, they serve beer. And and I and I went there to meet with uh, somebody yesterday, uh-huh. and uh, no joke, I ordered I ordered uh, some like Nebraska brewery vanilla bean brewery, and it was mm. like ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and you should have seen the girls at the behind the counter. They wait the look they gave me, <laughs> disapproval, just yeah, all like, over their face. They were like, like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's got issues." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, I don't you, drink coffee. Well, I don't drink coffee. I was like, I've got too much energy. I mean, you imagine. You me guys not. are weird, by the way. Who doesn't drink coffee? I Unless, don't. He, he, oh my god, am I the only one in the room that drinks coffee? Did you just okay? Did you just hear what I just said? I'm buying a coffee business, yes. and I don't drink coffee. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but generally, what I was going to is gen- uh, people that have high success in real yeah. estate start yeah. investing in, in the businesses that surround their real estate business. It, it, this one is just. It was a hell of an opportunity. They have a. It, it, it's already been around a long time. It, it makes nice cash flow, etc. So it just so it you're just open works. to all these other options. It's a franchise. No, it is not. Okay, it's not. I, I, I wouldn't do franchises. They, it doesn't it, rhyme with shooters. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, but I mean, <laughs> you have to have over a million dollars in cash sitting in the bank, by the way, to, to qualify to even be on the list. I mean, it sounds like you do. Is this uh, depends on the day? So it's not runs a coffee. I, well, that's an idea. Runza, let's let's talk. That's Brand. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we got an offshoot. You got brand. in, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I think I might know a guy or a gal. <laughs> so you are open to other partnerships. Yeah, you're yeah. you're not saying no to it. You got probably about yeah. nine more years in this business. It yep. sounds like, yep. or unless you're retiring in a year. No, no, I won't actually retire in a year. I don't think my wife will put up with me. Uh, you know, I mean, I can understand. Oh, no, yeah. me too. I, I can't believe she married me in the first place. So I can't imagine twenty four seven. You outkeep the coverage. Yeah, I, yeah. I think actually, uh, Owen, uh, quite frankly, put that on my page after we were married. I kid you not. And I'm like, you're at the wedding. No, no, no. no. It was it was after we posted it. I mean, it was, it was he that I was like, was Owen that guy that actually signed it? I, I can't yeah. believe you got this. <laughs> you know, yeah. the sign in sheet. I was the I was the ordained uh, ordained minister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. yeah. Courthouse weddings. That's what I do on the side. Uh, anyway, so you have helped orchestrate some pretty complicated deals with Dave. I know this firsthand because I've talked to you about them. I've yeah. been there. and we've you, you funded some of them. Yeah. 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 And, and so this is what I wanted to bring up. Sure. So Dave Bader, and we touched on this a little bit. It was a wide-ranging conversation, kind of like today. Uh, but he has orchestrated millions and millions and millions of dollars of transactions where he has basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, wholesaled apartment complexes. I don't know. He is the only person that I know who has done that. Why are more people not doing that? And what is all involved in that? Can you, can you describe your involvement in, in that whole, like, machination and sure, uh, sure so it's funny enough so backtracking kind of what you said where you've never heard of it so i don't know if any of you guys know kent clothier at all yeah, yeah. um so kent uh, uh so dave and i are part of his mastermind group at uh, a billionaire mastermind and kent actually we had so we had to present um last year and kent actually literally goes i've never heard of this you're wholesaling multifamilies he goes i can't and, and where no, was this uh it was in fort lauderdale you talked no about kidding. this remember and, and like, in like, yeah. no one in the room. These guys are doing, you know, all these deals, and like, everybody's like, "What? 
this is a thing? And we're guys from Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, actually, Dave being from Johnson Lake, Nebraska. And Small like, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His graduating <laughs> class was 30. Let's put it in perspective. That was mine. 30. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you are who you are. Uh <laughs> Kind of a big deal. Uh, I meant just. Jeez, uh, oh, I didn't mean it that way. God, what a baby! Yeah. <laughs> this That's is the first time he ever actually acknowledged his big deal. Oh my God! What you? I didn't think you were that sensitive. I was joking. This is why people tell us that we sound more like listening to the radio show than an actual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. That was so. That, that it's funny you say that because I, I mean, you're talking about Kit Clothier. He's huge, you know, and yeah. he's he's never heard of that. Um. So anyway, so then jumping off that, your other your other point to that was so I'm the I'm the I, you know quite lack of a better word I'm the deal finder. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that actually goes out and finds the deals, um, you know, and, and sets them up, and 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 it's all networking based. I mean, that's because as I said earlier, I don't advertise. I mean, it's it's it's. Guys I know I've worked with before or that have reached out to me and they just know me from XYZ or whatever. That means I'm, I'm just the one setting it up. I'm the one finding the deal, putting it together, and hashing out all, all the bullshit. So here in Nebraska, they can pass these new r- rules with wholesaling, making wholesaling. So you cannot ad- uh, you can't advertise. You cannot actively advertise. We're not actively advertising yeah. anything. We are simply calling the guys we already know and have done deals with in the past to say, we may or may not have something. Do you want it? That's it. We're not putting it online. We're not. We're not doing that. What do you mean? And, and, and you got to think the deals we're talking about are multi-million dollar deals. So we're not going to post that on Facebook and, and and freak out tenants and sellers and all those. things. And generally, the only time we get in trouble is if there's actual complaint that goes through. Well, yeah, we're yeah. not. And we're not actually advertising because you got your very short list of people that you work with. Exactly. Yep. So that, and that's not advertising, in my opinion. That that's that's making a phone call. That's. I was just assumed that Bader was coming in and finding those deals. I had no idea that you were actually finding those deals. What I mean, that totally changes that dynamic of that partnership. Yeah, I'm not. Well, what else is he good for? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, you gotta love the guy. Real asshole, but I love him. Um, Radio edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole's not a bad word. Come on. Anyway, um, so. You know, it's funny you say that too. Kind of, you know, same thing as I said before. Is everybody's like, well, well what is Dave good for? Well, well, Dave's great at, at making these. He's a connector. You know, you have those people that are connectors. I like to think of myself as, as a connector because uh, of networking and things like that, and just you know, being born and raised in Lincoln and in Omaha, and just knowing a certain group of people and things like that. Um, so it's it's an interesting dynamic, but he, you know, we we we're a good yin and yang. Like if, if I don't know somebody, Dave does. So um, I don't have an easy answer for that, but that's the best one I could come up with as far as the whole dynamic with with Dave and I, and and, and I'm the one finding the deals, and sometimes Dave does find the deals, um, but that's just what it is, what it is. So okay, let's talk about secret sauce here. How are you finding these deals? Ooh. And and don't give me some vague and I want I want some actual stuff here that we yeah, can I, use. I, I wanted to ask that question too. So yeah, yeah thank how, you. Thank so you. you all, of course, you, you all want to know how I find these yes. deals. Yeah. Well, put okay. Me, put me my, for my selfish reasons yeah. because I'm, I'm not even in the game yet, and I, I don't want to get in. So. You know, how many times I'm not in the game, and then all of a sudden somebody, somebody steals a deal from me. Come on now. <laughs> um, you know, I would say no bullshit, no BS. Sorry, I know I'm supposed to speak a little nicer here. Um, 
is I met my first huge guys drinking at bars. I, I'm not even kidding. I'm that no no joke. It was you know you got, or you think about Dave. You know it was at a Christmas party. We're having drinks. We're having a good time. You know, networking, being authentic, I think is huge. I Because at the end of the day, I actually don't think of myself as much as you guys are probably going to say otherwise. I'm not a salesman, actually. I Because I, I'm not thinking about the money. I'm thinking about how, how can we do this long term. I'm not thinking of one of deals. I, I, want, I don't want to do one deal. I want to do, I want to do 100 deals. But how are you finding these deals now? Obviously, you're not, going, you're not, you're not going to the bars and saying drink, and then the guy next to you is like, I got a, I got a place to sell. Oh, but you, you are. But you are. Okay, I met a guy just in Omaha a month ago. He's got $20 million in the old market. Guess what? He wants to sell it all. You know, I met him drinking at a bar with him. That's, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I literally was drinking at a bar with this guy. He happened to know the door guy that I'm buddies with. And he goes, hey, Nate sells commercial real estate, and you want to sell stuff. So he goes, yeah, actually, I've got $20 million in the old market in buildings. And I'm like, well, hi. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> And he's got some other agents that he goes, they have, they've been trying for a little bit and he goes, they're shit. And I'm like, well, yeah, cause they're not commercial agents. <laughs> cause I looked them up and I'm not going to say any names, but yeah. So you think I'm crazy. That's why it's, it, I am the weird oddity where it doesn't work for everybody. You just, I mean, be yourself, be authentic. I mean, that's the huge bit. Best thing I say, be honest. If you don't think somebody's going to like it, I've told guys, you want to buy that building? That's fine. That's on you. I'm, I mean, but I'm not going to be part of the deal because I think that's the dumbest thing you could do. So that's, I just, yeah. Long story short, I mean, be yourself and, and, and business will come. What do you think separates resident or successful residential real estate agents from commercial real estate agents? It's Is a there totally a totally different game and, totally. and, and how, and do you have to put a different hat on or like have a different personality? Type? So here, here's the simplest way. I actually just talked to one of my good, good buddies. That's a client of mine. And it, he and I talked about, cause he, he's a, he's, he's a very well-known builder in Lincoln. And he and I, he was like, I don't, you know, what are buyers agents, you know, bringing to the table? Cause he doesn't have a builder rep. Um, I said, they bring the buyer. And he goes, yeah, but what is that worth? You know, it's like 1%, but these guys are wanting 2 3%, and they're not doing anything other than after they do the contract. And and so he and I had the conversation of commercial versus residential. I go, here's the thing with commercial. If you if you do one deal and it doesn't perform, you're done. That guy's not going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. So that's the big difference. Residential deal, you buy a house, you didn't like it, it is what it is. You know, commercial, you have to perform. That you that that property that deal has to make sense. You can't bullshit your way through it. If you do, you get one deal. But again, that's where I was saying before. I don't want to do one deal. I don't. That's why I'm not going to just sell you some some dog of a property. I want to do. I want to build a relationship. I, I you know I hang out with my guys. I drink with my guys. I go to their weddings. You know, like we're buddies. I want to do a hundred deals with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want us to, to work together and build build a lifelong you know business together. Let me ask you this, I, uh, and understanding that there's it, this could probably be a little bit of a sticky situation, but yeah. do you? What is your stance on working with people that you don't like? I don't. <laughs> I don't work with them. I fire clients. I'm. I'm. I'm not afraid to fire clients. And w- what's your criteria? Like, is it just vibe? If, like, are they it's, are it's, they good guys? Are they um, good gals? You or? know, it's 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 a gut feeling deal. Actually, I've had people where yeah, it it, it just it did vibe right. And I just said, I don't think we're going to mesh well. I don't think it's going to be us. It's, 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 
it, it, it's a feeling for you. It's yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's like it, how Jim Interbrock judges people by the judges houses by the walking on the stairs. Yeah, uh, you know. And Nate judges the people about how they take a shot down. <laughs> I and, actually, what, and what they're drinking. You know, I mean, it's the weirdest thing for me. I've literally never, I mean, I've, I've known people that I've never met before. Or sorry, not know people, but well, meet somebody that I've never met in my life. And there's something in my gut that just goes, nope. And the, the, the few times I've gone against it, which was, you know, uh, you know, when I had a team, for example, again, not mentioning names, I, I went against my gut and that blew up in my face. And so... Uh, I, I learned never to go against my gut. And so even if they've never done anything and my gut just goes, no, I'm not doing it. So tell me something. You, you mentioned this team failure yeah. Yeah. over yeah. and over again. Is yeah. it safe to say that this is your failing forward? That's cute, guys. <laughs> Mike, that's it is really cute. cute. And we're known for it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Don't besmirch our uh, <laughs> trademark. Would you say that uh, your real estate uh, team yep. was your biggest failure in business in general? I'd say that's probably my biggest failure in history, period, for me at this point in my life. Um, and it was, it was kind of like what, you, what Ted and I were talking about earlier um, with, you know, once you reach a certain level, there's only so much time in the day, which Ted's insane. Like, I don't want to, I mean, God bless you, my man, but like, I do not want to do what you do. Like you, you, I don't know how you, how you, you survive. Like, I don't know how you have a minute to spare. Honestly, it's like, I mean, like I said, God bless them. Like, and, and all you guys make more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, I hit that. I think it was like when I hit like 10 or 12 million and I was like, you know, I, I, I need, and I started really starting to want to do more commercial. Just because I just felt that that was the direction for me to go because I was really, after I think maybe six or seven years of that um, uh, residential and everything like that, I, 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 or, uh, I just felt like I wanted to do something different. Uh, or not different, but I had been doing commercial investment, but I just, that, that just felt like the direction I wanted to go. Again, a gut feeling thing. Like I just felt happier. Just like, and I like, I get bored. Okay. I'm really five years old at the end of the day. <laughs> and like, I'm like, you know, I've got, you know, residential gets boring. Like it just gets repetitive. It's the same BS. It's, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's just, ew. and it's extremely time consuming. And, yes. And half the time, nothing comes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got it down to a pretty good science, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's, 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 and you're, you're having to call 30 people a day, you know, sometimes, um, to follow up and people don't do what they say to you. Quite frankly, people just lie to you, um, which I can't stand. I'm just like, cut, cut the BS out and let's get right down to it. Um, so anyway, I felt like the commercial side of things was complete opposite. Like there was a lot less of that and the emotion piece was completely out of it. And I just, I just felt more at home with that. I don't know if that makes sense to you mm -hmm. guys. Um, so how big did you get this team? Um, so first year we got into it. So actually first six months. So that we, we, we had initiated the team in June and we got up to six people in the first year. I think we did like 17 or 18 million in, the, in that, in that six months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think about six to eight months after that, um, things just started going rocky because, um, I am not. I'm not a training guy. You know, I'm not a training guy. I don't know marketing. You know, I've never marketed ever. Um, well, that's specifically why I joined the brokerage joint because they have huge training programs and my business partner and I are just not worth 
not in a position at that moment to be the trainers. Right. On the same repetitive thing with every single person coming through. Right. Um, and it, it, it's hard for me, you know, like when you guys are like, you can't, you can't just go to a bar and get business. I'm like, but no, you can. Like in that, in that, in that, that's not a trainable thing. Like I am like, I don't know how to. I agree. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Like I was like, that's, I don't know how to we, sit we, down. Owen and I both been bartenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, it's huge. And, yeah. and, and I ran a, I ran a company called OmahaNightlife.com, Lincoln Nightlife. Yeah. 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 For, for over 10 years. Yeah. And so I was in that nightlife industry. So I yeah. do see the business and actually a huge chunk of my current business that I have is from okay. those connections I made during that part of my life. My business partners currently I met through when I, when I was in that industry. And the the charity I that I was part of for twelve years, Dancing with the Omaha Stars, came through nice. that. Uh, so I mean, it, it is a, it's a social network. So I I, yeah. I totally understand. Yep. So t- get a little bit more into this failure that you had. Like, what was the failure, and then how did you grow from it? Um. Long, I mean, like long, 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 long story short is basically I I, I learned that I am not a trainer. Like I, I can't, I'm not, that is not my forte. Um, I, you know, and I, I'm also one of those that, you know, I can't remember the old saying exactly, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's, is that, is that, t- t- okay, good. Yeah. It's not a very long one. Okay. So good, yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so I learned that pretty quickly and then it's, it, it was, it was time consuming and, and then there was a lot of different pieces to it. I mean, Partially mine, partially hers, yada yada, but it just didn't work out. But so it just there was a lot of time. Like I said before, time is 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 the most important thing to me. Is it, it, it's because it's finite. So, um, yeah. Is, I mean, is, is is the time your why? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, or do you have a why that you? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's actually, Dad. I gotta give you props. I've never thought of time as my why until just this second. I mean, but, oof, you just got me like a, in a total. Mine F here since I can't <laughs> I can't drop the actual F. Um, wow, I think that's a good one, dude. It might be. I mean, it, 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 without going deep into it, I think it's, dude. No kidding, that might be it because most of the men, so the males in my family on both sides they die in their sixties. So why? Um, I mean, half because of the personal decisions they do, and then the other half, it's just I think the women kill them off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that, but truthfully, I mean, the oldest living male in, in on either side of of either side of of my family was like seventy. I mean, we're talking we're we're going two generations back on either side. So, so Aaron's got a great life policy on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got actually like five on me. So she's sitting pretty. <laughs> so that's God, man. Nice. That was a great question. Wow. I honestly, okay. Sorry. You, anyway, sorry to go off on a tangent. At one point, you thought you wanted to own your destiny, but right now you're thinking, yeah, that I need, I want to own my time. Wow. Yeah. That's, whew, but that, that's, that's a, that's mind blowing to me right now. You know, that wouldn't be mind blowing to him if he had kids. Or if you listen to any of our other episodes, which he hasn't, <laughs> I'm just because, because because if you know, for me and Owen, I'm, I'm speaking for you. At some point here, you know, our our why is definitely in our time because we want that time with our children, and because our businesses are yeah. encompass our lives and take away yeah. from our children. Yeah. Dude, I I'll tell you what I this happens to me really often. I I wake up and I think I need to make the most of this, like today. 
Like I, I wake up, I open my eyes in the morning and I'm like, I, I have to, I have to do the things that I need to do because I'm only given this amount of time. It happens to me all the time. Like I, I wake up and I, I, it's almost like a mini anxiety attack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate saying that. No, but, I, I get it. I've had those before, but all and I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I'll think of like all the things that I like I could have done. I should have done. I, I have to do and so forth. Like I, I think about that all the time, all the time. The times that I don't wake up to my alarm clock, my alarm clock goes off at four thirty every morning. And the times <laughs> I don't wake off, wake up to my alarm clock, it's because I got anxiety. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about what's going on and the things I got to get done that day. What are you doing at four thirty in the morning? I go to the gym. Oh, as he looks, he, he looks right at my belly. What do you? What, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. What gym? What gym? Is, is, is it sponsored by uh, McDonald's? Uh, yeah, McDonald's okay. breakfast. I, yeah. I, you know, I weigh two Dunkin' Donuts. I, just, just for the people know, I weigh two hundred seventy-five pounds. I, I, I don't know why, but I, I go to the gym four to five days a week, and I, you know, today I did a two-hour workout, but. You did? I still. So, what's your diet? I, we could talk about it at a different time, but diet. I, I actually had lost fifty pounds in one, one month and a half, but that's not a real estate thing, so we can talk about it another time. I don't eat fast food, but I, I also don't eat bad. I, I, I cook almost all the meals that we eat in our family. You lost 50, 50 pounds in a month and a half. When I'm driven, I here's the thing: I'm a hundred percent, or I'm zero percent. There's no in between. Why do you think that is? Because I'm crazy. I mean, I that's that's my life. I, I I'm an all or nothing guy. There is no in between. It's either I am doing it or I'm not. Oh, okay, I want to explore this, Nate. So yeah. you you have an all or nothing attitude yeah. Yeah. and motivation. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah. What motivates you? It's just so f- for me, probably a huge time. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't waste my time, Ted. Ted, Jesus. Uh, uh, no, honestly, I mean, I think for most of my life, everybody said. Either I'd be handed something or I couldn't do it. And so I, the biggest thing, if somebody tells me no, if they say I can't do it or yada, yada, I love it. Do you think that coming from a Silver Spoon family? Yeah, you shut your dirty mouth. That that made it so you had to prove yourself that you could be you could do this on your own. See, but that's the beauty of LD. LD, again, as a reminder for everybody, is my mother. Um, it said... Because she, she blue collar family. She comes from they they were they worked uh, on the railroad. Like that was her whole hundred percent Irish. Like that's that was her whole, whole whole history. So she's like, no, no, no I'm not giving you anything because this is what I worked for. You're not just gonna get it. And so I don't think it was. I think people assumed that's what I was gonna get. And that was that's been the assumption my entire life. Oh well, here's where you live, or here's what whatever. So they just assume that. I get. It. I I don't come from money. But, yeah. But you know. No, no, no. I, I've, I've been able to do okay for myself. Yeah, and you know, and we and you know, we talked about this numerous times. But you know, I I don't want to give it to my my kids. Yeah, but I want them to earn it. Yeah, and it's it, it, they'll do better because I've seen so many, and I know some in, in in Nebraska, not just Lincoln. I mean Nebraska, heavy hitter, you know, generational wealth, crazy money, where it's some are going to do phenomenal, and some are I'm like because mm. they usually say generational wealth uh, it actually ends within three generations. Um, and I'm like, you can see him. You can go, yeah, I know that one's going to end. So you just always just skip. You should give your money to your grandkids. Uh, no, I'm going to spend it all. <laughs> so it's more like a plastic spoon as opposed to a silver spoon because Runza doesn't get out. So <laughs> yeah. See what I did there? Clever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> so you're, Nate, what are you going to do in the next, uh, like, let's say decade? Like, you're looking back, it's yeah. 2032. What have you done? So, so, 
you know, so you're, you know, in 10 years, you're talking about, you know, my goal as far as, you know, what I want to hit monthly for my 100K net a month. I want to be worth over $10 million. And that, when I say 10 million, I mean, that's just my real estate investment portfolio. That's mm-hmm. not anything else I've got, I've got going on. Okay. Um, so here's the thing is, is I think at, in 10 years, if, you know, actually, let me rephrase that because, um, I don't. I don't like saying if. I say I like saying when because it's uh, you know tra- changing your 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 the way you think is huge. So when I hit my goal, I want to do whatever I want to do. I mean, you know, with it, kids, I want to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it, and I don't have to worry about X, Y, Z or anybody else. I can do that. So having the freedom and uh, to do whatever I want within my own destiny, I love it. If I want to go next week to another country for a month. Why not? So that's what I want to do, whatever whatever I want to do, what my family wants to do, when I want to do it, or when they want to do it. Hey, I want to ask you something. I have the same thing that I think you do. Um, you mentioned early on in the podcast, uh, eight hours ago, that we <laughs> you you were not really wanting to work in an environment where you had somebody's thumb on you. Yeah. You had a problem with authority. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. Like, where do you think that comes from? Were you born that way? Like, what, I, did you grow up? Because I like, I don't like that at all. Like, I don't like somebody having control over my time. Yeah, I mean, and so part of that is, I think, you know, um, um, part of that, I think, is definitely um, having having. And this is not a knock because I love my mother to death. I'd do anything if somebody, she needed somebody killed. I would absolutely do it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think her just being so driven, I mean, cause she is a, is, 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 cause she, you know, 13 years old worked to where she is. Does she have a similar personality to you? We're super personal. I mean, we're sorry, super, super, very personality wise, super similar. Okay. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, even, even my siblings, like you guys, like they'll ask us two questions at two separate times in separate weeks or days or whatever. They're like, you had the same answer. answer. Yeah, and they're like this is weird, but I mean, personality wise, I, I'm a lot more upbeat and up, you know, and and whatnot, and she's not so much. It's <laughs> it's starting to make me think that entrepreneurs, yeah, driven people that have like ADD and they're authority authority, yeah. like uh, you know, averse, yeah. It's almost like a mutant uh, <laughs> gene, yeah. I think like yeah. it's almost like an X Men thing. Yeah, so I yeah. think. Well, speaking of mutant genes. It's- we're almost out of time. Let's get into the OT with Owen and Ted. <laughs> All right, Nate. In uh, in this section, we like to ask our guests a series of questions. Mm, so Ran- deep, randomly selected. So deep, serious. Deep questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You ready for this? All right, here we go. Rapid fire. What will you call your first book or what will it be about? It, 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 it's actually probably more something along the lines of, of how to build your business at a young age. Um, because I, I pride myself that I, I built my business, you know, by 30 years old, I was doing over $10 million consecutively. And now, you know, as I've, I've mentioned before earlier now, this year being the best year ever as we're in August and I've closed over $24 million. So in 10 years at my age doing that kind of business, I would say it'd be something like that. Building your business rapidly at a young age. Cause there are a lot of, it's, it's hard. I mean, there are definitely a lot of hurdles at a young age building a business that quick at that level. So the next question is, what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? 
Uh, it's funny enough. I, I I didn't have a specific thing. It was a businessman. I kid you not. You can ask anyone that knows me as a child. I carried around a briefcase, wore a suit twenty four seven, and had <laughs> stacks of fake cash. I am not even kidding. I would buy those. You know, you go to like Target and you get the fake huge like ten thousand dollar bills. I'd have suit. I'd have like a briefcase full of it. I just said I want to be a businessman, and for birthdays every year, I wanted a new suit. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> True story. You were you wore awesome. a bow tie. That is awesome. Uh, no, no, no. I had a full black and white suit made every every year for my birthday until I was like twelve. Did you have your hair slicked back like a Wall Street? <sighs> exactly. I might have. He might have been the wolf. He might have been the wolf. Yeah, 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 yeah. No kidding, man. All right, here's a question for you. Yep. How are you going to leave your legacy on the world, and or if you're at your own funeral and somebody's giving your eulogy, what do you hope they'll say? Too deep. The eulogy one. You know, the one thing that a buddy of mine told me once that I actually pride myself in is he's, I, call, I consider him a brother in law, but he's actually my cousin's uh, soon to be husband here. And he goes, You know, at the end of the day, you always know where you stand with Nate. Like he goes, He does not mix words. He, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't BS you. Like, you know where you stand. And like for me, that really hit home. I'm like, That's, I love it. You know, like I, you know, so th- something along those lines, cause that's who I am. I'm like, you know, I, if you, you, you don't like me, you don't like me. If you do, you do. You mean, I love you guys all the same. Um, so something along those lines, as far as, as, as the, the eulogy, you know, part. Yeah. So you, you want people to remember you as somebody that, uh, is True. real. Yeah. They're you're real with them. Yeah. You know where you stand. Yeah. And you're not gonna you're not a fake person. You're not gonna give them just yeah. fluff or um, you know, like being around. Tell you. them what tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, I think everybody says they're honest, but I don't think that's that's truthfully the case. I think everybody likes to pretend that they're honest and, and I'm like, nah, I'll just be honest, whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of one person that would argue with you on that about <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay, here's the other question for you. Who are the people in your life that have gotten you where you are and that you'd like to shout out right now? Um, so obviously, as I've mentioned numerous times, LD, who's Linda Dennis, um, who who is absolutely number one on the list, um, being the rock star that she is as a single mother working her ass off um, yeah, from the time, I think the divorce when I was five, um, supporting three kids, running the house, yada, yada, just, just kicking ass and, and and god bless that woman i don't know how the hell she did it i don't know if i don't think i could do it honestly i mean i i, I amazing woman um so again linda Dennis would be absolutely number one um and then i think a um i think dave bader and, and john danos john danos is a commercial agent dave bader being a commercial investor um those would be those would be re- two or three i don't know where in that order nanos is john nanos is, is a huge commercial agent been doing this over 30 years um he's just he's taught me a lot you know in the commercial realm and, and also as a person and how to treat clients and he just goes you know I, i'm not gonna use his exact verbiage because he uses the kind of language i use um but he just goes you know in a nicer way screw whatever, you know, do not ever think about the money. You think about your client first and then everything else is second. So, you know, that kind of stuff is, is huge for me. I love that, man. That, yeah. that That's really good. Yeah. One final question for you. What is the weirdest thing you've ever found in a house? 
<laughs> this is I I you guys are PG thirteen. I don't. This is I don't think it's gonna work. You can tell us anything you found out. Bring it. We, we want to hear it. Okay, <laughs> fine. Um, I got a call from a client, and he sends me. Well, actually, he texts me a picture. So let me back up. He sends me a picture of a Tupperware and an attic, and of a house we just closed, and I don't know what it is. And I'm like, I so so then I text. I go, you know, WTF? What is that? <laughs> so he calls me, and he he's like, I found it in the attic above the kitchen. I'm like. Great. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't. Okay. So, so then he sends me some more pictures because he opens, he gets the word down, he opens it up and there's like a, it's like a crystal ball type looking thing. And I'm like, I still don't know what that is. Well, lo and behold, it was about a softball size crack rock. No. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kitty not. What's the street value on that? That's what. That's exactly where my three mind grand. Just went. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he knows. And he knows. Well, that's because what. because because we asked that question. We because like so. So he. Oh my god! Yeah, wow. It was it was huge. I'm like that's why I'm like I don't know what that is. Crystal and ball size crack rock. <laughs> yeah. And I just you know so we end up calling the cops and sure you know it's a, it's a I'm like you got to ask him like <laughs> what is that word <laughs> because that's what went through my head I'm like wow I don't know what crack looks like clearly you know but like that seems pretty big from what I've seen in the movies so what is that worth and the cops are like oh probably about three grand street value and I'm like. Holy shit. I was like, you should have just sold that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it kidding. It would have been kidding. awesome if you would have had like a, some type of a pipe and you could have set that <laughs> just, like, just gigantic whole, crack rock on it. Like the whole, it was, I mean, it was a softball size would, crack rock. I mean, it was, that, that was what was the mind blowing. Wouldn't it be thing. funnier if he thought it was crystal and he put it in his face, like on, on a display in his house <laughs> <laughs> for years? This is a nice crystal ball I have. <laughs> it was the crystal ball. <laughs> it was a different kind of crystal. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the best one off the top of my head I can think of, man. Well, Nate, I can't say that's probably one of the craziest uh, things that we've ever heard found in the house. We love <laughs> always asking crazy investment stories, so uh, appreciate that. Just uh, no, no, we're not on a podcast sometime. I can tell you some really crazy ones, but that's the cleanest one I have right now. <laughs> Okay, so Nate, thank you so much for coming out. We knew that this would be a fun, exciting one. Uh, people who don't know, you're probably one of the uh, largest commercial real estate agents in the state of Nebraska. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm actually uh, one. Per- so for so, I'm at Woods Brothers, and then Berkshire Hathaway actually owns us. So I was actually just invited to the top one percent across the country uh, event in, in uh, California, I believe. Uh, so th- that's was kind of crazy to me just because I'm like, I mean, compared to, you know, 30 plus brokerages in, you know, California and Texas and yada, yada, that are much bigger, um, uh, markets than than like in Omaha and I'm in the top 1% of those. So yeah. Yeah. Kicking butt and taking names, brother. I guess I do what I can. Yeah, I love it. I knew we'd get some good content on you. I knew yeah. this definitely would not be a boring podcast to listen to. <laughs> I do what I can, man. Um, if you're listening to the first time or the 55th time, we appreciate it. Uh, please give us a review on whatever format you listen to. If you're listening to us on uh, Apple, 
please give us a five-star review. Write us a review. We'll try to read it out here on, on public as long as it's nice. Uh, if you don't want to give us a five-star review, just go ahead and private message me on our, our RIA Radio uh, Instagram or RIA Radio Snapchat, or you can find odog 24 on Instagram, or- I don't. I don't want to talk to anybody that's not giving us a five star review. <laughs> I mean, go back to your hole, troll. <laughs> or if you think you're going to be a great person on the podcast, hit us up on one of these formats too. And then Denless, uh, what's your Snapchat? I don't have Snapchat. What is your Instagram? Instagram? Yeah. Denless Bertrand. Very boring. Denless and Bertrand. Everybody knows how to spend that. Spell that too. So it'd be really yes, good. yes. Yeah. Well. Wait. Uh, and then to, before I, uh, Owen gets us out of here, I have a review to read. And it said, great setup. This is by A.T. Chambers. On Thursday, he said, if you like listening to Bigger Pockets podcast, you really enjoyed this podcast as well as they run into similar formats. I love the range of guests from the super seasoned investors to some that are in their earlier stages. Some guests want to scale considerably and some are happy with the amount they have. Very good range of different types of investors. I actually totally 100% agree with that. So thank you for that awesome review, AT Chambers. And without any further ado, Owen Dashner, you see us out of here. On behalf of Dennis Bertrand, Rhea Radio, Ted Kosh, I'm Owen Dashner. You've been listening to Nate, the crack crystal ball inspector, Dennis. Signing Same off. Thing.